Terrible Teacher, Chapter 6 We need to have a special meeting, instructed Mr. Topping. He looked around as if someone may be watching through the window or peeking through the door. We'll meet in the library at midday. I'll tell everyone it's a booster session, so no one will be suspicious. This was true. Mr. Topping was always holding extra booster sessions for Year 6 children in preparation for the tests at the end of the year. The tests were not a good thing, but we had to do them. And Mr. Topping reassured us that if we tried our best, he could ask nothing more of us. Right, you better get back to class. I will follow shortly. I left the office and walked back down the corridor to my classroom with a strange feeling as if I was being watched. As I entered the classroom, Mrs. Garner acknowledged me with a nod and a wink, and I returned to my seat. Rebecca looked at me, bursting to ask questions where I had been. I dare not say anything. A couple of minutes later, Mr. Topping opened the door in his usual style. I could always tell when he walked into a room by the sound of the door opening. It was always so sudden. Likewise, you could always tell when Miss Dalton entered the room by the over-repetitive knocking she did on the door. The morning dragged on so long. Mr. Topping was acting as if nothing had happened, and I did not get the chance to tell Rebecca what had happened. I managed to whisper so that it would all become clear at dinner time, but it was just added to her confusion, and, as we were doing tests all morning, there was no chance to explain further. Dinner time was approaching. I looked at the clock anxiously. Ten minutes to go. Suddenly, announcement was made. Right, year six, time for some extra boosting for some of you. Now, I know it's not the most appealing thing at dinner time, but can I please see Steve, Rebecca, Laura, Lorraine and Layla in the library at 12 o'clock? Rebecca looked horrified. Steve just shrugged his shoulders. Lorraine looked as if she was about to add sulk on the spot. Laura just smiled. I wasn't sure what to do, so I just sighed and put on a sad expression on my face. The kind I did to my dad when I wanted something, but he would not let me. The minutes counted down to twelve, and I could see Lorraine and Rebecca getting more and more agitated. Finally, the bell rang, and we all stood up and filed out of the class. Why do I have to do boosting today? complained Lorraine. I have to do dinner duty. I can't waste time doing more maths work, added Rebecca. Don't worry. It'll be fine, Steve responded in his usual laid-back way. It's only half an hour. I did not know what to say. I knew exactly what was coming, and I had dragged my friends into this. I started to feel bad. Listen, guys, there's something I need to tell you. They all turned and looked at me. However, before I could say anything, Mr. Topping appeared behind us. Into the library, quickly, now, he ordered. We sat down around the large table in the middle of the library. The can that is meant to be used for laptops, but is usually overtaken by a teaching assistant who leaves all her stuff on it as they work there so often. Right, I know Layla hasn't had a chance to tell you all, as I have purposely kept you busy all morning, but you've been chosen for a secret mission. Lorraine did not look happy, but Steve just grinned with his arms spread open wide. Mr. Topping proceeded to tell the tale he had told me earlier about the Count and his suspicions of Mr. Fraser, and his suspicious list, and how he had been enlisted as agents for him. We will need code names for all of you. Any suggestions? Mr. Topping informed us. Code names? Lorraine complained. Lorraine likes to complain about more things. Why do we need code names? 
If I need to contact you without anyone knowing, I can use the code name without the worry of compromising any of you, came the response. I have some ideas. Lorraine, as you want to join the Navy when you are older, you should be known as the Captain. Steve, due to your laid-back attitude, you should be known as Sloth. Laura, due to your love of dog, I was thinking something along those lines. No, 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 interrupted Steve. It has to be Popeye. Popeye, quizzed Mr. Topping. Yes, strong arms, plenty of spinach, answered Steve with a knowing grin. Fair enough, Laura, are you happy with this? I suppose so, she replied with a slight smirk on her face. Rebecca, your code name will be TikTok because of your efficiency with time, always in the right place at the right time. She seemed happy with this and clapped her hands together, letting out a little squeal of delight. This leaves you, Layla. For you, we will have Wolf. Wolf again? I was as emblazoned on the sticker next to my hook. What was this all about? Mr. Topping, can I ask, why Wolf? You don't know, he replied with a wry grin spreading across his face. I have no idea, I replied. Don't you worry, you'll find out soon enough. This left me even more confused. Anyway, on to more important matters. I have these for you. From his pocket, Mr. Topping produced five prefect badges. I'm going to inform the head teacher and the rest of the class that I've made you all prefects. That way, we can meet regularly and no one will get suspicious. He sat nodding to himself, proud of his little plan to enable us to get together. This is so cool, Steve announced. My mum will be so proud, Rebecca added. Can I have the blue one? Laura inquired. No, no, no. You're not really going to be prefects. You are my eyes and ears in school. These are no ordinary badges. Look. Mr. Topping pushed one in the direction of each of us. They're just badges, Lorraine moaned. Ah, they may appear to be just badges, but they are homing beacons, and I can track your position at any time with it. Awesome, beamed Steve. It gets better, continued Mr. Topping, overjoyed with Steve's enthusiasm. I can press a button on my phone and that will alert you all to danger, and I can even communicate with you through them. That's just like Star Trek, Steve announced with great delight. He was a bit of a sci-fi geek. What's Star Trek? Lorraine questioned. She was not. Mr. Topping and Steve both shook their heads at this proclamation. I grinned to myself as my gran was a massive Star Trek fan, so I knew all about it. Wow. You must have loads of cool gadgets, like James Bond, Rebecca added to the discussion. You don't know the half of it, Mr. Tuppen replied. Let me tell you about some of the other things I have, just in case. Mr. Topping opened his brown cord jacket and removed from his inside pocket a pen. I have one like that in my pencil case, Lorraine announced, quite unimpressed now. Not like this. With the flick of his wrist, Mr. Topping spun the pen in his fingers like an enthusiastic drummer with his sticks and aimed towards the clock. With one smooth sweep, the end of the pen opened and a thin dart fired out and hit the clock face dead centre. Get the point, he added. We smiled weakly at his attempt at humour, but no laughter came out. Your jokes are as bad as my dad's, I responded, giving a true reflection of my feelings. Ha! I'll be sure to tell your dad that, he replied. Okay, what do you see around my neck? That was a little bit of a silly question. We could see his blue lanyard and an ID badge hanging from it. All staff wore one and enabled them to get through the doors in school. 
it looked like a credit card and the staff had to swipe the card if they wanted to enter or get out of school. On this lanyard there was also a whistle which Mr Topping liked to blow a lot and a couple of random paper clips. There was nothing special about that, Rebecca criticised. All teachers have those. Not like this, replied Mr Topping. It may look like an ordinary lanyard. What you can see is a garrot wire to attack and disarm any potential foes. No way, exclaimed Lorraine. Her interest seemed to be growing now. Yes way, replied Mr Topping. And this ID badge does open the doors at school, but will also open other electrically sealed doors. If a key is required... I can do this. He flipped the card and suddenly a thin projectile emitted from the end. A skeleton key, he informed us. Next, one of my favourites, the whistle. Low normally, this is my favourite way of getting everyone's attention. However, if I cover the hole and blow hard, it becomes a sonic whistle and causes those near to lose their bearings and become disorientated. Do it now, begged Steve. Oh no, I cannot do that. Mr. Topping warned. You'd all be on the floor if I did that. Well, I'm impressed. When do we get ours? Steve continued. Not a chance, answered Mr. Topping. Well, not yet anyway. He then grabbed the paper clips. What about these? What about them? I asked. They may look like paper clips, but they are in fact a strong metal alloy used as carabiners when climbing. But if you're climbing, you'll need to get some sort of rope, I quizzed. I knew you'd say that. So I give you my climbing rope. With that, Mr. Topping produces old-fashioned tie to the floor. Inside here is a tightly coiled high-tension steel wire, which will enable me to climb or abseil any face. We all sat gobsmacked and in slight disbelief until he proceeded to unravel the cable from his tie. Soon there was a mess of wire on the floor in front of him. That's going to take some tidying up, Laura joked with a smirk on her face. Not a problem, Mr. Topping replied. With a twist of the knot at the top of his tie, the wire whizzed back into the tie with ease, diminishing the mess in no time. And those are just the things I have on my person. My desk and chair are even more spectacular. He proceeded to list all the amazing apparatus in his room. He started with his desk, which he informed us had numerous secret compartments to store his secret devices. Some were more obvious and on display. His stapler on his desk stapled paper together, I had seen it doing numerous times, but I was informed that with a twist of the arm, the person stabling would also be injected with a high dose of sleeping potion to knock them out instantly. Next on his desk were his post-it notes. These again were no ordinary post-it notes. He informed us that by giving these to the other members of staff or children, when they wrote on them, he could get a perfect copy left on the bottom note without them knowing. The list continued an x-ray whiteboard to enable the user to see through items, regardless how thick. Nicely smelling stickers that said things like, Mr. Topping says you've done great work, but were actually tracking devices. Hand stamps to show children had done good work, but the one that said terrible work, as this contained poison, certain rubbers that could be used as a rubber, but were actually plastic explosives. Set off drawing pin detonators, and last but not least, on the desk, a hole punch that punched holes in paper. Mr. Topping had always joked about having a cupboard that he could use as a prison cell. But he was telling the truth. If you half pulled out the copy of George's Marvelous Medicine by Roald Dahl to 
a 45 degree angle, the cupboard swung forward and the hidden cell appeared. Then there was his trusty cup, the superhero one. Mr. Topping informed us that he had numerous cups like that, and they were in fact grenades. I thought this was a little extreme for a primary school, as he told us he always had to be ready. Similarly, a large metal blade and his meter stick seemed over the top, but he said it was something that may be needed. This was nothing, however, compared to his chair. Mr. Topping had what looked like a regular office chair with arms. He seemed to spend most of his time sitting in his chair, swinging backwards and forwards, scooting around the room. However, he informed us that by twisting the lever under the chair that normally raises it up or down, it turned into a booster chair with the ability to keep up with a car. As far-fetched as this sounded, we all sat and agreed that that would be something amazing to witness. <laughs>